I'm not going to be leading you in any worship for a while, so I'll move those. Thank you. It is just good to see everybody here today. Isn't it good to be in church? Yeah, it is. It's just good to be with God's people. Just need to be with the family. Okay. Take care of the house cleaning here. Okay. Part two. We started a series last week. Being fruitful. Being fruitful. So if you didn't uh, catch last week's message, it's online so you can listen to it there. Being a fruitful Christian, why, why do we want that? Why does Jesus want that? We're going to be taking a look at it. Last week, uh, the first lesson was on God's part comes first. When it comes to being a fruitful Christian, a Christian that's growing in the things of God, God's part comes first. And, and faith was the, uh, it's the foundation, our faith in Christ, what the Lord has done through us or for us through Christ. And then today we're going to talk, talk about why fruitfulness is important. But first, let's do a little review. <coughs> Excuse me. So let's look at uh, some verses that we went over last week. And this is just review. Second Peter chapter 1, verses 1 and 2 says, Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who through the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ have received a faith <clears throat> excuse me, as precious as ours. Grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. So one of the first things we looked at last week was it's through the righteousness of our God and Savior that we have received a precious faith. It's not through our own righteousness, but it's through that righteousness of God. And... Um, when we enter into this knowledge of God, the true knowledge of God, which only comes by faith in Christ, where you're brought into a relationship with God, His Spirit comes into you, you now know God. Okay, you're brought into this, this place where you can know Him. It says that grace and peace is poured out on us because of our knowledge of Him. So we're looking at all the things that He's done for us. The second thing we looked at last week was that God has given us everything we need for life and godliness. Everything that we need for life. Do you need some things for life? To live it in a way that is uh, an overcoming life? A victorious life? Anybody want those things? Well, the scripture says that God has. It doesn't say he will. It says that he has given us everything that we need for life and godliness through the knowledge of him. We're brought into this relationship with him. We now know him. And there's all these things that he has given us. And we listed some last week um, that are uh, by his divine power. He's given us everything we need. Now, I, I should let you read that. Let me just give that to you real quick. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. And we listed some things last week. What has he given us? The love of a heavenly father. I tell you what, that's pretty awesome. The love of a heavenly father. Forgiveness and salvation through Jesus. Christ's intercession for us. We talked about last week how he ever lives to make intercession for us. We're not just in this thing on our own. 
God's Holy Spirit to be with us and help us every step of the way. A family that we can grow in. He puts us in a body in a church where we can love one another, grow in love, and encourage one another. He gives us this eternal word that's, that's life-giving. So by his divine power, he's given us all these things that pertain to life and godliness. And then we talked about, thirdly, that God gives us his great and precious promises. It goes on to say, through these, through his glory and goodness, verse 4, through these he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature. Through these promises, and we talked about what the promises were. Not that I had them all listed, but we looked at some of them. And uh, the main ones that we looked at was how God promised that he would be our God and that we would be his people and that he would be with us. And then his, his promise of how he said, I will be your father. You will be my sons and daughters. See, we participate in that divine nature. It's, it's no longer being a slave to the old nature, but now we're in the nature of God, participating in his divine nature, raised to a new life in him. And so he says that through these, we can es escape the corruption in the world. So all of this stuff is what God has done. And that's what we talked about last week. He, he has done all of these things for us. And by saving faith, we enter into all of that. But then he goes on to say, now, add to your faith these things, okay? And then that's what we're going to look at today. So I haven't even gotten to point one. We should probably pray, okay? Father, we just thank you for your word. And Holy Spirit, we know that you're the teacher. And uh, there, there's not an abundance of words in the Bible to be confusing. There's an abundance of words in the Bible to bring clarity to bring a life. And today, Father, I just ask your blessing on your word as I go through these things that you say will glorify you as we learn to walk in them. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, being a fruitful Christian. Last week, we looked at God's part. This week, before I, I kept thinking I was going to go through the add faith, add to your faith, so on. I thought I'd be getting to those this week, but I have some more stuff before I even get to that. Why? Why is fruitfulness important? I want us to look at that, and then we will look at the different, uh, they're basically character things that God wants to build in our lives. But why is fruitfulness important? When we see how important something is, that'll help motivate us to, you know, go that direction. But if we don't see it as important, then sometimes we just don't give it much uh, attention. So the first thing we're going to look at is this. We need to possess these qualities in increasing measure. What qualities are we talking about? Second Peter 1, 5 through 7. For this very reason, since God has done all of these things, and we're now participating in his divine nature. And he's given us his promises. And through his divine power, he's given us everything for life and godliness. Because of all of that, for this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness. And to goodness, knowledge. And to knowledge, self-control. And to self-control, perseverance. 
You may need that one this morning. Perseverance. And to perseverance, godliness. And to godliness, brotherly kindness. And to brotherly kindness, love. Why is it so important that we focus on those things? That's what we're going to look at today. Now, it starts off by saying, for this very reason, excuse me, we already read through that. Let's go to verse 8. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure. Now, those two words, increasing measure, are important. I just want to look at that for a little bit. If you possess these qualities in increasing measure, it doesn't really matter where you start off on all of those things that were listed. Okay, goodness. Maybe some people in their Christian life, they started off up here in goodness. Maybe some people in their Christian life started off way down here in goodness. It doesn't matter where you start. I remember an evangelist that we had uh, several years ago. She was talking about when she became a Christian. She was in her later teen years. And she said the very first prayer that she prayed after she gave her heart to Jesus, she was in a store, and she said, Dear God, please help me not get caught shoplifting. That was her first prayer. And she was so excited because God answered her prayer. She was so excited she didn't get caught shoplifting. Well, listen, we start where we start. Okay, she's not at that level now. She's <laughs> but listen, we start where we start. I remember another person. I was in a special services somewhere, and this young Christian had heard how you, know, you could curse things, you know, and you could curse the devil, so... So this young Christian called the devil every name she could think of. That's the level she was starting at, okay? But it says, For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure. Increasing measure. Now, we don't want to compare ourselves to other people. It's not talking about doing that. Okay? Because... You could compare yourself in the areas of goodness or perseverance or, or uh, any of those areas. You could compare yourself to somebody who's maybe a whole lot better at it than you are. And that would get discouraging. Okay? I'm not going to go around comparing myself to Mother Teresa. I'm just not going to do it. Okay? She's reached some levels that I am still striving for, okay, in the walk with God. On the flip side... You could pick people that maybe aren't as far along as you and feel really good about yourself. Well, I'm doing better than that person is. No, it's not about comparing. It's talking about wherever you are, keep growing. Keep growing in this. <clears throat> Why? Why is fruitfulness important? Well, let's take a look at the second Second point in some verses there. Growing in these qualities, the things that were listed, character qualities, will keep us from being ineffective and unproductive. Okay, let's look at that verse. For if you possess these qualities, in increasing measure, you're growing in them. They will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know Jesus. You brought, you, you're in a relationship with him. And God says, I don't want that to be an ineffective thing in your life. 
I don't want that to be an unproductive thing in your life. If we don't care about something, we don't give it a lot of attention. Okay? Um, the Grammy Awards, is that coming out or something? I thought I saw something on TV about that. You know, I don't care about the Grammy Awards. I don't care who's up for nomination. I don't care who wins them. I won't watch it, and I won't read any articles to tell who won. I just don't care. Now, you may care, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. Personally, I just don't put any time into it. I just don't care. And so, <clears throat> obviously, it's not, not an area in my life that I'm spending a whole lot of time with. The latest fashions. I don't care that much about that stuff. Some of you are saying, yeah, I know I can tell. Okay, but I really, I just, I don't care that much about the latest fashion. I mean, I don't want to be the last person in the world <laughs> to wear what everybody else is wearing, but <clears throat> listen, I, I just don't, it doesn't matter to me that much. You know, I do want to be presentable. I was so thrilled when Netflix dropped Say Yes to the Dress. It just blessed me. Because there was a family, a person in my family that was always watching that, and I, I just didn't care that much about it. See, if you don't care about something, you're not going to give it much attention. If we don't really care about growing in these areas that the Scripture has shown us to grow in, it goes on to tell us that there's two things that will happen. So, the Scripture is listed... With, let me just back up and just read that verse. <clears throat> For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith. Okay, so saving faith, you have that. Now add to that. And um, it goes on to say that if you, if you don't care about those things, there's two things that happen. Okay. <clears throat> verse 9 says, but if anyone, well, let me back up. If you possess these qualities, verse 8, in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive. Ineffective basically means not producing the desired effect. That's just the dictionary definition. So God's got these plans for our lives. And growing in these areas are part of that plan that he has for our lives. And he's working in us to help us grow in those areas. But if we become ineffective in our relationship with Jesus and we really don't care about growing in those areas, then, then we're not producing the desired effect that God has for us. There's these things he wants to, to, to grow in our lives. Unproductive. It, that means fruitless, not producing useful results. That's the dictionary definition. And God is saying, I don't want you to be ineffective. I don't want you to be unproductive. It's not like we're trying to perform and, and earn salvation. No, we, we have it through faith in Christ. But now let's add to it these things that God wants to grow in our lives. Now, if we don't care about these qualities, there's a couple things that we will see. And let me see if that's where I'm at here. There we go. Verse 9. But if anyone does not have them, you just don't care. You don't care about adding to your faith goodness and to goodness, knowledge. And to knowledge, I forgot the order, but perseverance. If you don't care about adding those things, it says, if anyone does not have them, he is nearsighted and blind. Nearsighted and blind. 
there's some eye problems there. There's some sight problems. I understand sight problems. I wear glasses. And uh, I'm also a little bit colorblind. So when uh, we were picking carpet for the sanctuary, or not for the sanctuary, but the foyer and the hallways and other areas, I'd talk with people and they'd say, yeah, those colors, it just brings out this color and that color. And I'm looking and I, I see blue. And they're talking about browns and silvers and whatever. And I, and I, I see different shades of blue. <laughs> okay. I don't see them. I just don't see those colors. There's a problem. If we don't care as Christians whether we're growing, whether we're adding to our faith in these areas, then it says you become nearsighted. That's a sight problem. What, what does nearsighted mean? Well, I believe what it's talking about is you can, you can only see what's close up. And that's basically you. All you're really seeing is you. What you want, what you desire, what you, 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 you. God is kind of out of the picture. You've become very nearsighted. Everything is just about you. It's no longer really about the will of God. And then it gets to the point of blindness, it says, where, man, you just can't see things correctly. I mean, it's, it's just uh, blind. But if anyone does not have them, he is nearsighted and blind. Then it goes on to say that he has forgotten that he has been cleansed from his past sins. Remembering what Jesus does for us and what Jesus has done for us, it's like a motivation in our lives. Jesus, you died for me. Jesus, you forgave me. You went to the cross and you paid the full punishment so that I could be in a right standing with my Father in heaven. I could be in relationship with him. Remembering everything that he has done for us, it just kind of spurs us on in our walk with God. But this scripture says, but if anyone does not have them, those qualities, those character qualities that God wants us to add to our faith, if anyone does not have them, he is nearsighted and blind and has forgotten that he has been cleansed from his past sins. It's like, yeah, yeah, Jesus went to the cross, but that's not really what I'm thinking about in my life right now. Kind of forgotten about it. There's lots of verses that talk about remembering what the Lord has done for us and having it be a motivation. I picked one of them in Romans 12.1. It says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, when you look at the mercy of God that has been poured out on your life, the mercy not giving us what we really deserve, the mercy of God. Scripture says the mercies of the Lord are new how often? Every day, every morning, the mercies of the Lord are new. It says... In view of God's mercy, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. This is how you worship him. This is how you show your love for him. You're not earning your salvation, but this is how you show your love for him. And it is very important that we know the qualities that God wants to grow in our life. It's very important. 
We need to be aware of what they are and then put some effort. And we know it's, we can't do this on our own. It's God working in us. It's by his Holy Spirit. I mean, all, it's him working in us and us cooperating. But it is so important. Growing in these qualities will keep us from being ineffective and unproductive. The third thing, growing in these qualities makes our calling and election sure. Now that sounds pretty serious, but anyway, let's take a look at this. Verse, I'll start with verse 9. But if anyone does not have them, those qualities, he is nearsighted and blind and has forgotten that he's been cleansed from his past sins. Therefore, my brothers, be all the more eager to make your calling and election sure. Be eager to make your calling and election sure. God wants us to be confident in our salvation. He doesn't want us to be questioning it. He wants us to be confident in that salvation. And one of the ways that we, that we see that, that confidence is built is that we're eager to show Christ is working in our life. That's why we care whether there's goodness that's growing. Whether this knowledge, which means an exact, a correct knowledge of God, is growing. Whether perseverance is growing. Whether self-control is growing. See, we're eager to show God is working in our lives. He's growing these things in us. Is growing always easy? I have not experienced it as always being easy. Is it always upward? Or are there some downturns in that whole process in my life there's growth there's maybe kind of going back to where things were and then growth again i mean it's a process it is a process but it is so important scripture says make your calling and election sure god is working in your life you do care about god having his way in your life it's showing be eager to show it. Be eager to add to your faith virtues that bring glory to God. You know, do you realize that when you, when you just become a little nicer, when you just become a little nicer, God is glorified. He is glorified. I mean, I don't know. I can't see into heaven. I can't see all that stuff. But I mean, does he just gather some angels and people around and say, look, he didn't kick the dog today. Rejoice with me. You know what I'm saying? It's, it glorifies him. Why? Because he knows we're letting him have his way in our life. We're cooperating with him. When the Holy Spirit speaks to you and says, don't say that. And we just say it anyway. You know, I, th th that may have happened to somebody in here sometime where you just said something anyway. And you got in trouble. And you went to God and you said, God, I'm sorry. And he forgives you and he helps you. And then the next day, the Holy Spirit says, don't say that. And you don't say it. I tell you what, God is glorified. You may have felt like saying it. You may have had a very strong desire to say it, but you didn't. Praise God. That's some self-control, okay? God is glorified 
when we grow in these areas. Oh, pastor, it seems like it's taken me forever to grow in some of these areas. You know what? That's okay. As long as you care. It's, is it your desire to let your character line up with the will of God? God's glorified. Some areas we grow in really fast. Some areas we groan in really fast, okay? But let's just keep going. <clears throat> Look at John 15, verses 4 and 5. The words of Jesus talking with his disciples. They had been with him for some time. And he's given them some uh, words to remember, definitely remember before he goes. John 15, 4, remain or abide. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. We can't bear fruit. And we're talking about fruitfulness here. You can't bear that fruit unless you remain in relationship with Jesus. Okay, you're, you're, uh, you're caring about your walk with God. It's important to you. Verse 5, I am the vine, you're the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear what? What? Much fruit. That's for everybody. Now again, it's, it's talking about where, whatever level you start on. Some people, when they become Christians, their character level is it's already pretty high. Some people, when they become Christians, their character level is really low. Okay? doesn't matter where you start. It's just growing. Letting him have his way in your life. Verse 8. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit. When you're bearing fruit, God the Father is glorified. How can I bless God? Just be good. Learn some self-control. Learn some perseverance, some godliness, some brotherly kindness. Glorifies God. God, I want to save the world. Well, he wants to save the world too, but first he just wants you to start being a little nicer maybe. Okay, I mean, it's in his plan. It's in his plan. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Sometimes I, I read articles, and you know what's even more fun than reading articles that are in the paper or online? Reading the responses to the articles. Anybody ever do that? Just for kicks, just start reading responses. And, you know, you can go to a Christian site, <clears throat> and there can be maybe some whatever, some topic that people can have various opinions on. And you just read some of the responses. It's like, whoa, there's some nasty Christians out there, you know? My goodness. <clears throat> and then you'll read one that's kind of refreshing, the love of Jesus. It's like, okay, that's kind of nice. And then you read the next one. It's like, oh, my goodness. Let's just kill them and be done with the problem, you know? <clears throat> it is really important. God sees character. It's huge. It's huge. Why? Because part of this amazing plan that he has is transforming us to be like Jesus. See, that's a big part of it. We want to see the world saved. We want to see people come into the kingdom. God does too. He's not willing that any perish, but all come to repentance. 
But it's also very huge for him that our character is growing. Read about some of those heroes of the faith in the Old Testament. You know, Moses. God used him to deliver a nation. How long did it take God to get Moses ready to deliver a nation? Moses st started on his own, killed somebody, thought that would help God out, got him in trouble. He ends up where? Backside of the desert for years, taking care of sheep. I just assume God is saying, I've got to work on this character stuff for a while. And then, when Moses no longer has any confidence in himself and his own abilities, I'm going to use him to do something amazing. Joseph. I love the story of Joseph. But, I mean, we can read it in a couple, you know, in a, in a page or two, but he was living every day of it. Okay? I mean, in prison, unjustly, sold by his brother, all that kind of stuff. Was that all a waste of time? I don't think so. I think God was using all of that stuff just to work on Joseph's life. And then when Joseph became the second in command in Egypt, which happened in an instant, character was there. It's important. It's important. Zeal is awesome. I mean, I love zeal. I'd like to be more zealous. But character is really important. So <clears throat> we will wrap this up here. Pursuing these qualities <clears throat> will keep us from falling away from God, too. Let's take a look at that. Verse 10. Therefore, my brothers, be all the more eager to make your calling and election sure, for if you do these things, and it's talking about the stuff that's listed before then, adding to your faith these character, these character things, for if you do these things... You will never fall. You're not going to fall away from God. New King James says stumble. Now, we will make mistakes. This process of growing is, you know, it's not a clean, pretty process, okay? But we'll make mistakes. But as long as we keep caring about these things, we're not going to fall away from God. We're not going to become nearsighted where all we care about is ourselves, becoming spiritually blind, and then find ourselves drifting away from God. So caring about the things God cares about. You know, I've seen, I've seen people that were just serving God. And then they just started getting their eyes on the wrong stuff. And now they're not serving God. You know, I've seen that. <clears throat> Therefore, my brothers, be all the more eager to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never fall. Our flesh, our flesh, our old carnal nature, which was not obliterated, okay? It was crucified with Christ, but it still keeps wanting to have control. It's just that we're not enslaved by it anymore. We need to keep crucifying it. But that old carnal nature wants us to focus on materialism, sensual pleasures, the pleasures of this life, power, authority. It wants us to focus on all that kind of stuff. Our new nature, Holy Spirit comes into us, gives us a new nature. Okay, we're now participating in the divine nature of God. That part of us wants us 
to make every effort to grow in the things of God. So there's that battle on the inside. Everybody has it. Growing in these qualities will ensure you have a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom. Let's look at that. <clears throat> verse 11. Starting back, verse 10. For if you do these things, you'll never fall. Verse 11. And you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I think New King James says abundant entrance. It's like when you finally go to be with the Lord, there's going to be a rich welcome. Man, you cared about the things God cared about. You let him work in your life. You let him build these things in your life, although some of it came through difficult times, but you let him build these things in your life. And there's a rich welcome. You know, that parable of Jesus, where he talks about how he gave some talents to some people. Well, it, it was a parable where a, a master gave some talents to some servants. And he said, uh, when the day came where the master see, was going to see how the servants did, the master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. You've been faithful with a few. And he was excited about that. I'll put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Goodness. God wants all of us just to have an abundant entrance into his kingdom when we go there. That's his desire. But according to the verses we just read, putting this effort into adding to our saving faith goodness, to goodness knowledge, to knowledge, again, I forgot to order, perseverance, self-control, godliness, those things are all listed in there. Those are huge in the eyes of the Lord. They are. So let me just <clears throat> overview this, then I'll finish with a story. Why is fruitfulness important? Number one, we need to possess these qualities in increasing measure, just growing in them, not being better than somebody else in those areas, just growing. Number two, growing in these qualities will keep us from being ineffective and unproductive. Have you ever worked around anybody that was ineffective and unproductive? How does that make you feel? Because stuff still needs to get done, so who ends up doing it? <laughs> Other people besides that one, okay. Now, <clears throat> we're not earning our way into the kingdom of God. But God's got a plan for your life. He's got stuff he's set out for you. He's got lives he wants you to touch. There's, just, there's things there. We don't want to be ineffective and unproductive. Number three, growing in these qualities makes our calling and election sure. There's a confidence in us. We're not forever wondering if we're right with God. No, we see these things growing in our life. There's, it's just evident. Growing in these qualities will ensure you have a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom. God wants that for every one of us. He wants it to be such a joyous time. You know the Apostle Paul, he was ready to go. I finished the course, kept the faith. And there is laid up for me. <laughs> he knew. He just walked in the will of God. Now let me share a dream that I had, and we'll close with that. This was not a pizza dream. This was a God dream. Okay? And in this dream, I'm not looking so good in this dream, but I, don't, I never felt that it was about me. It was just God put me in the dream to show me something. So uh, in this dream, there's this battle. And... Uh, 
there's the, there's the good side and the bad side, okay? Obviously, in this battle, there's, there's God's people, the believers, Christians, and then there are uh, those that are opposing them, okay? But they, they, everybody looked human in this battle, but yet I knew that it was a spiritual battle, and I knew it had to do with, with Christians and the fight that they're in to continue in the faith and continue on in this life. So there's this battle going on, and I'm in this thing, okay? And I mean, there and people are carrying weapons, just like weapons you would use today in a battle. And uh, I'm kind of out in the open, and the the enemy, which you know, the demonic forces and all of that. <coughs> one of them looked directly at me. I mean, just looked straight at me, and then just turned away and started fighting somebody else. Why? Because when he looked at me, he knew I was absolutely no threat. I was no threat to him. Ineffective, unproductive. <laughs> That's what I was. And I, I had a weapon, but I didn't even know how to use it. I mean, I didn't know how to use this weapon. And so there's this fight going on, and basically I'm just kind of watching from the sidelines. And the enemy is not really paying me much attention because I'm not much of a threat to him. Okay, then that's over with. Now I'm on a bus. It's a dream, okay, all right? It's a dream. I'm on this bus. And I just know that God won. The battle was won. The believers won. The enemy was defeated. And there is rejoicing on this bus. All those people that had been in the fight and in the battle, they were rejoicing and they were just praising and they were so happy. And I was sitting in this bus and I didn't have any joy. And I realized I don't have any joy because I didn't participate in this thing at all. I just watched. I never became part of the battle. And so they're rejoicing in this victory that they've won and I, I didn't really do anything. And I know that this bus is going to end up being with the Lord and they're all so excited. And I know that I'm going to be with the Lord too, but I'm not very excited because I know I didn't really do anything. I trusted in Jesus for my salvation, but I, I didn't really jump into the things of God. I, I didn't really jump into the battle, and everybody has to jump into the battle. If you're going to grow in God, you've got to jump into the battle, Okay. You know, <clears throat> so anyway, then I woke up, and again, I didn't feel like it was a rebuke to me or anything, but it was like the Lord was saying, that's what it's like for some people, that they just, they don't enter in. Yes, they're saved, they're trusting in Jesus for their salvation, but they've never stepped into the battle. They've never really fought for the things of God. They... They just, they just watched. They just kind of watched. Didn't become part of it. This series that the Lord put on my heart, um, you, you can't be a spectator. You have to be a participator. And... Uh, this faith, this saving faith that we have that is so precious. And all the things that God has provided 
through his divine power, his precious promises, all that stuff, this righteousness of Christ, all the stuff he's given us. He says, I've given you this. It's, it's all because of your faith in Christ. I've given it to you. Now you have this faith. You have all my provision. Make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge really knowing your God and to knowledge that's what we're going to go through in the next couple weeks we're going to go through those character qualities but the end result is you won't be ineffective or unproductive in your knowledge of God you'll be effective and productive in your knowledge of God and you'll have an abundant entrance into the kingdom. And you will have, let's see, what was the other one listed in there? <coughs> um, God help me out. I have notes up there. Let's see. Yeah, that assurance. That assurance. God's working in your life. Well, I don't feel him. Well, you don't always feel God. Don't go by your feelings, okay? But are you growing? Are you wanting to grow? That's the big thing. Are you wanting to grow? Okay, that's the huge one. And then, growing in the stuff so you have been very good i've talked for a long time i'm going to finish here uh but how do we how do we finish the service um lord put something on my heart so i'll just go ahead and go with that and that is um that you know it was very singular what he put in my heart and that is someone's been on the sidelines I want them to get off the sidelines. I want them to start caring about character. I want them to start making this effort to add to this precious faith that is theirs in a way that will glorify Him. So I'd like you just to, to bow your... What did you stand? Stand first. I'm going to have the worship team come.